Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is a Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 12, how to set healthy boundaries without going overboard. That sounds tricky. (laughs) Yes. And I know you're going to have so many great ideas for us today. So many great ideas. Yeah. Um, No, I think we, we talked a lot about this before we actually ended up presenting it because this is such a tricky topic and it's really easy that it's really easy to go overboard when Mm -hmm. we talk about boundaries and Mm -hmm. what I've noticed with my clients and even in my own life is that when I was originally setting boundaries I kind of went to the other extreme Mm -hmm. and I was really harsh with them yeah um and that wasn't really healthy either and so we're we're gonna try to introduce these to you in a way that maybe we can avoid you know you guys falling into the same trap that I know I did and you know going a little too far to the other side mm-hmm. and being very, what we call rigid or, you know, non-flexible. Yeah. Um, just backing up for a second. I mean, this may be a totally new topic yep. for people out there. I know this was to me, the idea of setting healthy boundaries with people that just sounded terrifying to me. I mean, it just wasn't anything that was even on my radar for most of my life really until just a few years ago. And it's been a game changer and, I think, you know, I talk about this with my clients as well, and it's transformational in their life, and a lot of times it's new for them. So I feel like, you know, if if this is something that's new for you, and you haven't really thought about this, or maybe considered whether it might be important in your life, then I think there's some, you know, stick around. Stick around. This is definitely the podcast for you. And even if you've maybe dabbled in boundaries, we might Mm -hmm. be able to help you like highlight new information around it and ways to do it in a way that you feel good about and not guilty about. Cause I think it's really easy to feel guilty when, Mm -hmm. especially when you're first setting boundaries or when you struggle with boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which I think so many of us do, especially women. I think that I, again, I know that I did not have boundaries or if I did, they were very leaky Mm -hmm. for much of my life. And I was a people pleaser. And, you know, again, I'm sure you'll talk about this. Um, but I assume that that was an underlying need to, you know, desire to meet a safety need Mm -hmm. on my part, you know, to ensure that, people valued me and saw me as kind of worthwhile to keep around, I guess. Yeah. Not having boundaries, you know, of course, that's not how it plays out. 
when right. we don't have boundaries. Right. I mean, right? we think that's how it's going to play out, yes. but you know, unfortunately it, we lose ourselves. We lose ourselves when yes. we don't set boundaries. I and can that's, confirm that. Yeah. And that, I mean, for me, boundaries for me was about finding myself and finding okay. my voice. Um, because I was definitely stuffing a lot of emotions. I was like, mm, why have emotions when you can just stuff them and, right. you know, life is, seems easier, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. Right. It really, right. really wasn't. And so, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of, around boundaries, um, with helping, you know, people find their sense of self and yeah. their voice. Oh, absolutely. I think this is critical for healthy relationships, for being able to focus on what you want in life. And so I think it'll be interesting for, you know, if you want to lay out really what, what are boundaries Yeah, so you know, for people? So boundaries are guidelines that a person creates to identify for themselves um, what are reasonable, safe, and permissible ways for other people to behave around them and how they will respond uh, when someone steps outside of those limits. I know that was like a really long sentence, but yeah. I think that's a really good explanation. Yeah, and so it's it's what you set when something doesn't feel okay or if you feel like it's imposing on your boundaries or violating something. Mm -hmm. A boundary you set in place is a limit to make sure that that value or Mm -hmm. thing that isn't okay for you doesn't happen again. Okay. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different types of boundaries. There can be physical ones. I think people can readily identify those like personal space. Right. We're talking Um, a lot about that nowadays, aren't we? Yep. And even, I know it sounds silly, but stoplights are technically physical boundaries, right? They make you stop your car and there are limits that we have on the road so that people are safe. Um, emotional. And so this is where it gets a little messier, I think for people, Mm -hmm. um, separating your feelings from another person's being able to protect yourself from criticism, um, or intellectual, which is, you know, that can be either your ideas or beliefs. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about, I mean, I don't know a ton about this, but I remember hearing the term intellectual property and trying to, yeah. And I didn't really understand what that was. And then it was like, oh yeah, protecting your Mm -hmm. ideas. So maybe if, you know, some of the entrepreneurs out there, people in that field can understand what that means. Yes. Yeah. So, so give us an idea of the spectrum of boundaries and what maybe where we might want to consider landing. <laughs> we want to consider landing. Yeah. I think, you know, like a lot of things in life, we try to kind of find a happy balance. Um, and the same thing applies with boundaries. You know, they can either be too loose, mm-hmm. which is again, the trend that I've seen for women, not all women, but mm-hmm. the trend that I see is most women have what we call loose boundaries where it's like, I'll do whatever you want or the people in my life, like I'll do mm-hmm. e- what everybody else wants and I'm going to ignore my own feelings. Um, or rigid and that's the other end of the spectrum. Um, and that's when you're kind of like, it's my way or the highway in every single scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that for some of us, we're going to have some very hard boundaries in like a few areas of our lives, but you know, if that's like the rule and not the Mm -hmm. exception in your Mm -hmm. life, you may want to look at, you know, why, why you're feeling so unsafe that you have to (laughs) create such rigid boundaries because you may, box people out. Right. And, and just, you know, for people listening, we are going to talk about 
you know, examples. We're going to yes. give you some good examples and kind of some strategies for if this is new to you, how to begin having these conversations in a way that doesn't feel overly aggressive or that we're drawing these harsh lines in the sand with people as the first step. Yes. Right. You know, sometimes that's where we have to get to, you know, in, you know, certain situations, but that's not where we need to start. I know when, again, when this was new to me, it was pretty terrifying, Mm -hmm. you know, to realize, I mean, the first step, just like, you know, we talk about all the time was even becoming aware that this isn't working for me Mm -hmm. in this. This is a relationship, first of all, that I care about. And there are pieces of it that are causing me to feel a lot of resentment but I'm not advocating for myself and mm-hmm. it's happening over and over. And you know, that old adage, we teach people how to treat us. I was waking up to the fact that I was clearly, you know, this person wasn't trying to be abusive or take advantage of me, but I, by my behavior, I was allowing that to happen. And so it was kind of sitting with that for a little while mm-hmm. before, you know, and again, I'm not trying to jump ahead to, um, strategies, but before I found a kind of an, some inroads into starting that conversation and, you know, it's just amazing how transformed that relationship is. Yeah. It's so mutually respectful now in a way that it wasn't before. And I don't dread when that person calls me. Yeah. Right. And I am able to gently reinforce those boundaries you know, each time, but it didn't take very many times, mm-hmm. you know, and it, of course it depends on the situation, but, but I guess, um, stick with us, you know, if you think what we're talking about is really vague or just too scary or that we're trying to eradicate people, this isn't about cutting people out of our lives. No. This is about upgrading our relationships. Right. And in fact, you know, we, you can't really have closeness without boundaries. I love that. Because you you can't really show a person who you are if you don't have boundaries. Oh, that makes good sense. You're not, it's, you're, it's not safe enough for you to do that. Mm-hmm. And you can't give out of a place where it's genuinely coming from you. So That makes really good sense. That resonates. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that, that directly, you know, goes into our next um, mm-hmm. important piece is why, why yeah. the heck are boundaries even important? Why do we need those in our life? And, mm-hmm. and those are, that's some of the reason. Um, I think kind of in line with what you were saying, it's hard for us when we're first learning about this to mm-hmm. know like what that means or how it's showing up in our lives. And so one of the ways boundaries are important is that it kind of keeps us from our feelings of overwhelm and complaining or resentment. And so I would say if you have a lot of feelings of overwhelm in your life or in a specific area, or if you find that you're complaining a lot or that you're feeling resentment towards somebody you might want to look at that area and consider if maybe that's a boundary issue. Right. Yeah. And so that's just like a, a one way to kind of figure out, okay, you know, I don't know even where to start. Right. But if you find yourself, again, feeling overwhelmed, complaining, or and feeling that resentment. And that could be with you know? any relationship, whether it's personal or professional, with, yes. our, with our kids, with our colleagues, you know, with our spouse, with our parents. Yes. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Actually, you know, I've seen a lot of clients that I worked on boundaries with and they tend to be really good at boundaries in like one area of their life, whether it's professional or personal. 
And so it's funny how like we as humans don't necessarily integrate that into all aspects of our lives. I mean, myself included, I'm raising my hand that like, it's, it's never, I mean, it's never perfect, but I know that for me, you know, right when I'm feeling like, Oh, I've got all my personal boundaries and gear. I'm like, Oh, but I'm feeling overwhelmed with my work or I'm doing something there that maybe I'm not setting a good boundary with. No, I, that, that definitely, um, jibes with my experience because I feel like I've done a lot of work in most areas, but with my kids, that's Mm. where my boundaries continue to be loose or leaky. And I'm working on it because it's not good for them either Yeah. to, you know, and again, we we kind of always need to check in with ourselves. What is that? Mm -hmm. Why are we not being willing to reinforce what are healthy boundaries yeah. We're not being, again, we're not trying to take away from anyone else from their experience, but, you know, just as an example, everyone kind of cleaning up after themselves. If you're, you know, in a way that's age appropriate for your kids and maybe if they're not cleaning up their toys, maybe the boundary is that those toys maybe go away for a couple of days or something like that. But I know that's been an area that really following through on those things, you know, my kids know I'm not consistent and, you know, I've borne the fruit and I know my kids don't listen to this, so I can, (laughs) I love my kids. They're amazing just for the record. But, but I know that, that our relationship, it would have been better for them. I think is what I'm trying to point out that Mm. this setting healthy boundaries shouldn't cost the other party. Mm-hmm. right? It's not a zero sum game that if I have a healthy boundary, that means that the other person loses, right? Right. It's that the experience is upgraded for everyone. Yep. Ideally. Yep. Is and even, resonate? I mean, yeah, it does okay. resonate. And I think that, um, I think initially a lot of people feel like if I set this boundary, you know, then that person will be mad at me and leave me and they might, and And it's, it's really, it can be very scary, especially if you have some fears of, of being rejected or Mm -hmm. abandoned by those people. Mm -hmm. Right. And I mean, that's, I know that was a huge part for me. Um, and still plays a role for me when I'm trying to set boundaries in my personal relationships, you Mm -hmm. know, Because it it would, for me, I really, I do value that relationship and setting healthy boundaries at times can feel for me like, okay, if I set this, um, you know, they have a choice to respond and I have to accept their response, you know? Yeah. That's powerful. So. That's powerful. And that all goes back to what do we believe we're worth? Yep. Right? It's that self-worth. And if that piece is not in place and we have this subconscious story that we're just lucky to have anyone in our life at all, even if that's not a conscious, you know, thought, then we're going to be much less likely to set or reinforce Mm -hmm. those boundaries. boundaries. Yeah. And I think this can be extra tricky. And I just want to kind of put this out there too with, um, you know, well, first of all, the I'm not a parent, but what I've noticed is that the parent relationship, it can be extra tricky, especially if your kiddo is struggling with like an addiction or an eating disorder or, you know, 
any sort of issue where, you know, you want to protect that relationship, mm-hmm. but My you also, don't have any you know, at all. So yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's, so phone, this doesn't let's apply. phone my mom. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> let's no, phone in my mom and she'll, she'll so shed true. some wisdom. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, I like on here, you know, when you're talking about why boundaries are important, that they actually minimize stress and conflict in relationships. And yeah. I can attest to this in you know, the relationships that I have set healthy boundaries and reinforce them, it's almost like setting a good habit. You kind of, it just becomes the normal yep. of what you do. And when you've set these things in place, wow, it just provides some really respectful, healthy structure mm-hmm. that everyone knows what to expect. Yep. And, you know, it could be small things that could be, you know, bigger, you know, structural pieces of your relationship, but I have definitely found a lot of peace mm. Yes, from this, which I wouldn't yes. have expected. I'm, I will just be honest. I, it just felt really scary to me at the outset. Yes. Yeah. And I'll say, and I think that that's a good point is that it can maybe be more stressful when yes. you're setting them yes. or like there's more anxiety around that, but in the long term, there won't be as much stress because you won't be you won't be thinking about this issue anymore. Well, you're not you know, always you on the defensive. Be, you're not yeah. always keeping score and on the lookout for, you know, things going awry. Right. Or just trying to magically kind of create the situation where this boundary won't be violated. Right. You know, without and setting it. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And I think as women, again, I'm not trying to overgeneralize. I, I guess I should just speak for myself that I have been guilty of some kind of passive aggressive tactics mm. to try to get my needs met. Yep. Right. Just saying little things versus coming right out and saying, I really appreciate the counters being clean as, you know, basically the kitchen being like, you found it. Yeah. Right. That doesn't, instead of making little snarky comments or, mm-hmm. Feeling, you know, bottling up that resentment and then just, you know, rage cleaning yep. and doing it myself. I mean, yep. I, I don't have this totally <laughs> hacked again. I just want to point out that this is not me personally preaching from the Temple Mount because I'm still working on this with my teenagers. So, mm-hmm. but, you know, the progress that I've made, it does feel really good and Again, we teach people how to treat us. And if we don't value our time enough to set these boundaries, why should someone else value our time? Yeah. Right? If they know kind of inherently that you're going to come in after them and clean up their macaroni and cheese pan, Mm -hmm. they're, why would they do it? I mean, humans are interesting that way. That's a really good point because it's absolutely how we function like any person and myself included if somebody's going to just do my dishes or just mm-hmm. all of a sudden did all my cooking i would totally let them yes like, exactly you know not it's not that you're a bad yeah, person yeah not because i'm terrible no. but because that's awesome and you know i yeah. because they're functioning for me they're not really giving me that space to function and i think that's okay, like okay so a, so that's um a little bit of a professional jargon that you've yeah, used before but I, I think it's important i want you to explain that i really like that concept i think that's worth explaining yeah so there's the 
it's the professional jargon is the over-functioner and then the under-functioner. And the over-functioner is the person who comes in and just, you know, takes care of the dishes for everybody and cleans up after them. And the under-functioner is going to be that person that leaves their stuff out and doesn't even really think about it and, you know, eats the food and just leaves their dishes out. And so, you know, over when you over-function or basically do all the work for a person – it's natural that they, as a response, will underfunction mm-hmm. and not do the work mm-hmm. because they literally are not even, it's not even in their brain. Like they're not so, thinking about okay, it. Okay. So that's me picking up people's laundry or, you know, shoes that they've left everywhere. I might feel in that moment that I'm actually doing a nice thing mm-hmm. for them. I might also simultaneously feel resentful and disrespected. Mm-hmm. Is it good for the underfunctioning person? That's what I'd like to hear you talk about for, a little bit. For that person to continuously yes. pick up laundry yes. for them? Yes. No. What, what impact <laughs> is that having? Because I think this is where it's important for people to understand that setting healthy boundaries is not just good for the person setting the boundary. Right. It's actually good for the underfunctioner, so to speak, because then they're going to learn how to function in those ways. And that's, you know... You can see this in a, in a family where the kid never learns about money or they never learn about the value of certain things because, you know, they're never, they never have to pay for anything. They never have to work. They never have to, they never learn those skills, right? Because maybe their parents kind of go in and, mm-hmm. you know, do all of it for them because they don't want them to stress about money. But in the end, they, you know, they struggle with finances mm-hmm. because they never learned about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is causing me some stress. <laughs> I have some work to do, people. We, I mean, we all, we all do. Yeah. I mean, I'm. There's areas of my life that I'm like, let's, you know, let's yeah. just not talk about you those. Know, I will you know, tell you, you know, I'm on my second marriage, and we have such great, healthy boundaries and such great communication with one another that I did not have. I had no boundaries, and I was an avoider and a stuffer, hmm. right? And so I know the difference. Yeah. between a healthy marriage, what that look, you know, what healthy boundaries look like in that context. But when it comes to my kids, yes, I want them to always come home to this sense of the, it's homey and it smells good. And so I have been 100% guilty. Yeah. But and I think I that comes from such, like, I think yeah. even even though we all will struggle in setting healthy boundaries, I think for parents that comes from that, like, loving heart that you don't want your children to have any pain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so vulnerable for parents to let their children suffer. Like, I think that that's probably the most vulnerable thing. And I'm right. not a parent. So you're kind of like, it's like you're going against Muhammad Ali and these boundaries and I'm mm-hmm. going against like a two-year-old. You that's know what I mean? Funny. That's how I would, yeah. you're just no, doing a lot more work Yeah, there's there. a There's a lot mixed up, but you know, my kids are 16 and 20 and now I have stepchildren that are a little bit younger. So I at least have a chance to practice some of this stuff while they're a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. But, but I do realize now that I did them a disservice by not letting them create some resilience by experience, some harmonic dissonance when things, you know, I, you know, learned not to helicopter parent overtly, Mm -hmm. but it's in these small insidious ways that you know, I want them to always feel like they have what they need and that they do feel safe. And there are times when I need to let them feel the consequences of, 
you know, some of these things of not filling their tank with gas, that kind of thing. It's, you know, it, it is interesting how, I, and I just think it's really important for the folks listening to understand that over-functioning for people, whoever it is yep. at work, again, with our parents, with our kids, with our spouse, is not helping them in the end. It isn't. I even think of like an easy work example would be, or like school example would be, you know, a group project where somebody just does all the work for everybody. Right. Like, yeah, maybe you guys, you know, get a high, a, you know, bonus on that project or an A or whatever. But mm-hmm. like in the end, those people who didn't right. do anything, they're not learning, they're not growing, they're not right. becoming better in their right. positions. So yeah. for sure, know. the, you know, I think there are some other kind of mixed up feelings in here because when I think about a group project or when I think about at home, there's also an element of a couple of things of control, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So base, you know, we often say, if you want something done right, do it yourself. <laughs> right. And yeah. I know, you know, as a mom, it can be very tempting sometimes to just I want things done a certain way, so I'm not going to have them vacuum or dust or whatever. That's such a good point. Right? Because Mm -hmm. I want it done how I want it done. So there's that. But I know for myself, and this is kind of vulnerable and embarrassing to admit, but I'm sure that there was an element of kind of glorifying my martyrdom Mm. a little bit, Mm -hmm. that I'm sort of sacrificing myself at the altar of, you know, my family and that kind of thing. Well... Yeah, that was not a good trade Mm. because I did lose myself for so many years and became so disconnected to what I even enjoy. Yeah. Like what lights me up? And that made me very dull and Mm. anxious and depressed. Mm. I was not the best version of myself in that scenario. And therefore, I wasn't showing up fully for my family. Yeah. So nobody wins. Yeah. In that situation. But I do think that there's a lot kind of under the hood that we're kind of insidiously trying to meet our needs by not setting these boundaries, trying to get our sense of validation and purpose and worth by, oh, they all need me Mm. to cook for them. Nobody Mm. here, they would starve Mm -hmm. if I didn't come home and make dinner or the house would be a disaster if I weren't here. So it's kind of that attempt maybe to get a sense of importance. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So, so it's just, I think that's where being willing to sit with some of this stuff a little bit and not, not in judgment of ourself or, you know, I know I had a sense for a while that I really needed to make up for lost time after I figured this out. And that, let's not do that to ourselves. Yeah. Right. We let's, you know, what's now and what's next. Yep. Right. That's all we have. So, and being gentle with ourselves and understanding that probably most of it did come from a good place. I think the original intent was good, right? right? I think the heart of it is good. And then things get kind of... Except if the self-worth piece, that's the place where... It gets... Well, and, and the... I think I like to put in that systemic perspective or like the bigger, the 10,000 foot view of that is that we're only going to know, we're going to feel our self-worth and know boundaries based Mm -hmm. on what our family passed down to us. That makes sense. So when you're like, when you're kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. in that space with yourself, 
realizing, okay, what did I learn from my parents? Okay. And how they taught me about self-worth and mm-hmm. boundaries and all of that. And so, and how did that impact my ability to set boundaries and not make it about my worth or having them, mm-hmm. you know, need me or something? You know, I think you, that is such a good point because I think you're right. All, all of us, whether that's with kids or, you know, intimate partners, mm-hmm we can get really caught in that trap of wanting people to need us, mm-hmm. right? That's it. That's and, it. And getting something from people needing us. But when we're there, we actually end up, you know, hurting the relationship because mm-hmm. we're so focused on making sure that they need us that we can't really show up as ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And Or set boundaries or, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of a complicated rabbit hole that I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go down. But yeah. I think that is such a... Like you brought up such an amazing point. Yeah. That. Yeah. And I know for myself, maybe a lot of my view of boundaries was that it looked like conflict. It looked like lack of safety. It didn't look like having a calm conversation with someone about an kind of an isolated topic. Yeah. It would be that, okay, once that resentment had built up ahead of steam, Mm -hmm. then it explodes in a yelling match in the kitchen. Right. And then all the hurt feelings from the past decade. Come out. All roll out (laughs) and all the mean things that, you know, then there's all the regrets and all that mess to clean up. And so what we're wanting to talk about today is how to get in front of these things, how to Think about this in a calm way and approach it in a really um, gentle way that doesn't feel scary to you or ignite the defenses, yep, of, you know, of the other around. person. But but I don't think that you can do that until you've done a little bit of self-reflection to understand not only what, you're, what you want and need in terms of this boundary, but that you're worthy mm-hmm. to advocate for this. Yes. Right? That's, I think that's the key piece here. Yes. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And I think your point about, you know, I think a lot of us have seen boundaries as being either you keep everything into yourself and are like, okay, everything's fine. Or yes. like, you know, say something in a passive aggressive way. You've seen that or you see the the drag out fight or the, we're going to set all the boundaries in one day in this family meeting. Right. You know, I'm speaking from experience. Right. Like that was... That was kind of how my family functioned is that it was either that side or the other. Right. And, um, and so if you come home one more time late after curfew, you'll find all your stuff on the lawn. Yeah. Or you'll be grounded for a boundary. You'll be grounded for a year. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, and which would never be in. I love my family. You guys are awesome. And we've made a lot of progress, but there were, there's some struggles and, you know, and I think I'm very grateful that my family has done a lot of their own work and, Um, but I, I say that from a place of, you know, understanding where I come from and how like my, my initial like gut reaction is to act in one of those ways, unless I'm able to really consciously be aware of it and practice this, you know, like it's a, it's a thing you have to be consistent about in like small ways versus it being a big, all of a sudden building up all that resentment until you explode and set all of the boundaries all at once. And so I think that's kind of what we're encouraging you to do is to be gentle in this process and Mm -hmm. consistent and, you know, kind of feel it out versus it being like a, let's write all the rules and, and again, again, you know, we're going to get to the point of 
maybe how to initiate some of these, you know, first conversations, you know, Mm -hmm. some of them will require more serious, intense conversations or maybe firmer boundaries, but we'll kind of talk about that. Yeah. I mean, do you want to go into that now or do you think maybe examples or I think either Uh, way it would be. I don't care. I think, you know, let's go in that line because I think that that's a good fall. Like that's a good progression because we've been trying to figure out how to like sequence this because again, this is a complicated topic. We're trying to figure out how to explain it in a way that is, it makes sense. Um, yeah, but we're, we're trying to give you guys some actionable strategies. Strategies. Here. And so let's talk about that. What, how are we, like, so how could we set a boundary in a way that's more gentle? And like, what do you think would be um, cause for doing it more in a gentle way versus mm-hmm. being more assertive? I think if, if you're in a relationship with someone that you have a good basis of trust, with, you have pretty good communication. I think, first of all, setting up the conversation in advance saying, hey, I would love to talk with you this evening about, you know, something that, you know, matters to me, something that's been kind of concerning. Um, But really setting it up in a very gentle way, again, not in a way that's going to trigger someone else's defenses, saying, hey, like, Let's see, what are, what are some, some of your examples here? So, so as an example, you know, Jenny has on here, I'll be happy to drive you to the mall as soon as you're finished with your chores, right? So that's, as I said, an issue with my kids. So I, with teenagers especially, but with a lot of people, we really don't want their ego to get involved, right? I mm-hmm. want to make it a collaborative effort. Mm-hmm problem solving as much as possible. So I might go to Ella and ask her, what do you think some ideas are? I'm not feeling comfortable with the fact that I ask you to do these chores before we go, but then you procrastinate to the last minute and then I have to take you and that chore remains undone, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make me feel respected. Do Mm -hmm. you think that's okay? First of all, I might ask her that Mm -hmm. and let her talk. Mm-hmm. let her explain to me kind of her view. And she's likely to be defensive mm-hmm. because again, if I'm kind of asking her to toe the line a little bit, who's going to like that, especially at that age. Right. And then I might ask her what she thinks some solutions are, mm-hmm. but then we're going to agree to one. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then it's going to be on me to enforce that. Yeah. So that's the tricky part because it's really easy And I think it's important personally to not set a boundary that you're not confident that you're going to be willing to enforce. Right. Because that's just a threat. It's not a boundary. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sets a pattern. And I've set that pattern. So I know how that plays out. (laughs) That works. That's a play that doesn't work. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So this is where we want to stop running those plays that don't work. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's. To me, I have had really good luck, both, you know, with my husband, with maybe not so much with my daughters, with my husband for sure, in because I know he cares about me and I know that some of the things that I want to sort of have a boundary about are things he really wasn't even aware that were, you know, maybe annoying to me or that I felt less respected about, mm-hmm. right? And so those have been pretty darned easy Mm -hmm. to set. So, you know, 
And then, you know, I guess the last thing that I'll say is the example that, you know, we talked about before we started recording is when we're eating a different way. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this on prior podcasts, that if people are kind of giving us a hard time about what we're eating and trying to get us to eat some, oh, just have a little bit of this, or aren't you, are you going to be the party pooper who doesn't have the nachos? You know, the eyes on your own plate, Mm -hmm. you know, that that's a way to use a little bit of humor to get your point across that Mm -hmm. this is my sphere of influence. That's yours. Yep. Right. To set that healthy boundary. Again, these are initial conversations and sometimes you have to go further. Yeah. So, but if I like that, you know, if you can collaborate and collaborate on the boundaries and kind of making sure that you still get your needs met, but maybe the the way, the strategy is something you agree on, like mm-hmm. with a teenager, especially. Right. So yes. they feel a sense of like ownership around mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah. Or, you know, if you can make a joke about it, like if you're at a party, like maybe not setting boundaries with strangers in a really aggressive way is probably the best thing because you don't want to be that I mean, I just think right. of that being maybe a situation where it's like joking or just something gentle would be right. appropriate. Right. Because I know that I've, you know, even in my own experience, I've seen people where I'm sure they're awesome people, but if they get really rigid in their boundary around mm-hmm. something and I'm like, I've just met you, it's, right. it just kind of seems like they're saying back off, you right. know? Right. And so maybe that's a good situation to try joking or something gentle because again, these people don't know you. They're not trying to like right. get all in your grill, you know? Right. Um, exactly. And I've, I've also like, if it's something, you know, sensitive to me, I've also been that person who's probably, you know, been a little too rigid in how I've mm-hmm. said things or, right. you know, and set it, a boundary. It does go back to your values, but, but I think we're largely talking about setting healthy boundaries with people that we are consistently in contact with. Again, yeah. whether it be a colleague at work or, you know, people in our household or a you know, boyfriend or girlfriend yep. or friends, something like that. But really it boils down to being willing to be brave enough to have the hard conversation. Yep. And that is the thing that I think so many of us are reticent to do because we view that, we equate that with conflict, mm-hmm. right? That we think, oh my gosh, getting in front of something is so aggressive, And really what it is, is tacitly saying to that person, I value this relationship enough that I'm willing to share with you pieces that maybe aren't making me feel good. And you may not, you probably aren't even aware Mm -hmm. of that, you know, and I think that that is such a gift and that, I mean, you cannot help but respect someone who is willing to have an open, gentle conversation with you and kind of take your relationship to the next level to yeah. say, I, because how many of us, you know, we talk about ghosting now, yep. right? Yes. Because we don't want to have a hard conversation and say, I'm not interested in you or whatever it is, whether it's, you know, with a friend or a romantic interest, yep. you know, we just kind of want to roll down the hill and into <laughs> obscurity <laughs> right. and... We're so often, especially in the age of technology, we just stop responding to people or we kind of do the icy cold cordiality. Yep. And that's fine if it's a relationship that really wasn't, you know, going anywhere, wasn't healthy for either of you. But if it's a relationship that you value and you were hiding from that conversation, 
you know, I think we're going to invite you to try it and understand it is never going to be as bad as you think. Yeah. And I used to think, oh gosh, I, I mean, I'm so guilty of this. I, for so many years, I wouldn't do it. And now I do. And it's never been as scary as I thought it would be. It's always resulted in a much closer relationship. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of neat. That is really neat. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's only extreme cases that it might not result well. So like, for instance, I mean, I'll share my own family's example when, you know, when people would challenge me or set boundaries around my eating disorder, I was really upset. When I was in it, when you were I was, in your yeah, eating. when I was oh, in for it, sure, yeah, that, because yeah, you're in that it felt place. very threatening oh, to me yes. and that sort of thing. So I was gonna fight for that, and so I don't blame my mom for being scared to do that or for anybody sure. else in my family. Yes. Um, that being said, her being able to do that, looking back on it now, even though I reacted in ways that I'm like, oh, please never replay that <laughs> to sure. me ever. Sure. Um, you know. Looking back, I'm so grateful that people were, were willing to do that because I think that was what I needed. And to that help shows me, such a know? level of commitment to that relationship does, with you. I think that we think somehow that we are being quote unquote nicer by avoiding Talking going about into the things. fray. And yeah. really, what it is, is I, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's avoidance, which really is that. I wasn't willing to expend the energy or put myself out there to, you know, check on you or that I'm worried about you or, yeah. you know, whatever that happens to be. So, so it really does depend on the relationship. But, but if you have been really reticent to have, you know, what can be a little more intense conversation it's taking action. That's the only way that we learn is through experience and it's being willing to, okay. And I'm sure everybody listening probably in their mind has an idea of someone Mm. that they have been avoiding, you know, having a hard (laughs) conversation with. And I'm really going to invite you to not do it through electronic media, not through email, not through Facebook. Dang it. I was going to do that. (laughs) I mean, it just, it needs to be a phone call. It needs to be face to face and you have to be calm and you have to, as you said, understand that that first time may not go well. Yeah. You may trigger their defensiveness because maybe this, they've really come to enjoy being able to call you to run their errands or you know, whatever it is, you know, that you're picking up the slack for them. Well, gosh, they're probably not super excited to jump into this conversation, but you know, I'm, I think that the likelihood of it going a lot better than you think is really high. Yes. And I I would say that it's, it's worth doing, even if it doesn't go well, like it's totally worth it. Because what's the alternative? Yeah. The alternative is you avoiding and, or, you know, getting over-involved or just doing things that are basically enabling that pattern to continue. Mm -hmm. It's just going to keep happening. Yeah. The resentment will build and build and, you know, it's not going to be a quality relationship. Yeah. So, and again, it's just not good for either of you. Yeah. So I think that's important. So, so do you want to talk a little bit more about some examples just so people, if they're kind of not clear? 
Yeah, so here's some examples, and I want to give credit to Kathy Keeler because she actually came up with these, and I just read them, and I was like, these are awesome. Um, So, you know, something along the lines of, I want to hear about your day, and I'll be free to give you my full attention in 15 minutes. Um, Or, you know, being able to say that. I know that in my own, so I'll give a real example. You know, if I'm in the middle of doing something on my phone or checking an email, like I know sometimes my partner will be like, hey, like, you know, let's talk about our days. And I'll be like, all right, just give me five minutes and then I'll get off my phone. And that way it's not, you know, they feel respected too, because they're like, okay, I know I'm going to get your time and attention, but then I'm also not, yeah, but I'm also not like frustrated because I'm like, oh gosh, I can never get through my emails without, you know, something distracting me or, or, you know, any of that. So it's, it's just as simple as, as those little things where you kind of reinforce it or something like, you know, if you're a mom, you know, if you put your dirty clothes in the hamper by nine o'clock Saturday morning, I'll be happy to wash them for you, right. you know, or a dad, either parent, right. you know, being able to set those boundaries with your kiddos and just saying, Hey, by this time, or, you know, if I were, if you do that, it this way, yeah, that's about when my kids go to bed. So that would be pretty, <laughs> yeah, that would never work at our house. But 9am on Saturday morning. Yeah. They're probably still up. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, teenagers are interesting creatures. Different, different yeah. animal. Yeah, but it, and then I think that you need to have a follow up. That you know, conversely, if you don't have your dirty clothes to me, then you're on your own. Yep. Then you've got dirty clothes. Or you really, wash them yourself. Or you wash them yourself. Yeah. Either yeah. way. So, yeah, that's you know, I think that probably the conversations that most of us are thinking of are probably a little bit more nuanced and uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, here's one that I think is really good because I think, um, we, a lot of us need this one is I'm not willing to argue with you or I'm happy to talk with you when your voice is as calm as mine. You know, when you're in the middle of an argument and maybe somebody escalates and they don't realize that they're escalating, Mm -hmm. um, or they're saying something critical to you, like being able to say, Hey, I'm, I want to have this conversation, but only if it's in a respectful way. So I you know, like that. Once you're calm, let's take five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to have this conversation if you're just going to criticize me. And again, this is, you know, in our personal relationships mm-hmm. and even at work, you know, right. if you have a critical boss. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. And again, that's, you really have to get clear on your worth, that you are worth <laughs> being you treated worth with being treated respect, well. right? Yes. That's, but you know, you're willing to be in a conversation, but you're not willing to be, you know. And one where they're being yeah, that's verbally abusive. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, I just, I guess I think um, of friendships that I've had in the past that sort of devolved into the pattern of we only talked about their problems, that that mm-hmm. was, you know, the focus of that friendship. Yep. And so I had to really decide... It, first of all, you know, is this friendship worth having this hard conversation and is, will this friendship survive if that's not part of it, right. that it's not based on them complaining, but not really problem solving in right. their life, you know, right. that I'm sort of the dumping ground for, you know, their dissatisfaction in their yeah. life. And I've definitely swapped out you know, some friends, unfortunately, you know, there were some friendships that did not stand that test, unfortunately, but there are ones that have gotten infinitely deeper 
And we've had much greater conversation by me finally saying, gosh, you know, I'd like to do things together. I'd like to talk about some different things. I don't want to always, you know, have it be a gripe session. session. Yeah. Well, and I know like for myself, I know that with me, if I feel that way in a relationship with a friend, I will distance myself if I don't set that boundary. Right. And that's not good either. Exactly. Right. So it's like, it's so much better for me to set that boundary and to talk to them about it than to distance myself. And it shows that you care. Yeah. Right. Because I think most of us, that's what we do. We just politely distance ourselves and the friendship fizzles out. Yep. So, you know, we just have to decide if whatever relationship it is, if it's important enough to us and this thing is important enough to us, then we need to take these steps to be willing to, again, know in advance what we want out of this conversation and to go into the conversation with as many mutual wins as possible, right? That we're not, again, going in and saying, if you come to me again with your complaints, this friendship is over. Right. Right. It's not like that. It's letting, you know, the first step is just to say, Hey, I really care about you and I really value this friendship. And there's something that I've been meaning to talk to you about that I, you know, feel like is impacting our friendship. Right. And sharing that with those I statements Yep. that say, you know, this is my perspective and I want to hear yours as well. But this is something that doesn't make me feel, you know, happy. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, light up my life Mm -hmm. or make me feel, you know, like we're having fun when we're together. I feel like kind of down. Right. After we get together. So, you know, it could be something as simple as that. And, you know, that may be the first conversation of several. Yep. And having to kind of, I know that. I've had to reinforce that conversation. And again, I don't think that's because this person is, you know, trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, do anything that's bothersome. But, you know, if, if, you know, I've had very long term friendships and I'm really grateful for it. And so we've, we've both had talks with each other when we're both kind of getting out of line with how we're sharing or if we're complaining too much or, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's really easy to happen through different phases of our lives. Well, just like we know our own self-talk. Mm-hmm. It is so easy to fall into that pattern of negativity. And we know that complaining literally rewires our brain for right. more for negativity, yeah. right? And so it is an easy pattern to fall into in our own heads. And in a friendship, if that's sort of the pattern, you know, I was talking to a client the other day and she said that the pattern at her work is that the women in her office, that they all kind of, you know, just spend the day complaining. And so I actually gave her a challenge of no complaining Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And she took that and ran with it. And she announced it to her, you know, her coworkers at work because she kind of didn't want to just show up as the Pollyanna at work and be annoying. So she said, I want you guys to know. So I want you to help me that this is, you know, my goal. But then the more important part was she carried it home. She said, I had such a good day at work and I decided to be, I decided to be in a good mood at home with my husband as well. Mm -hmm. And it's carried through the week and it's just been really neat to, you know, to see her be able to transform that. And so, yeah, it's just kind of figuring out 
some things that we're probably not even aware of with ourselves and our relationships. And our relationships, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, really quick, we want to wrap up this episode with a few tips on setting boundaries. Um, so when you identify the need to set a boundary, make sure that you do it clearly. Like I know it sounds silly, but just try to make sure you know what you're saying yeah, before you about say it. it. You've thought about it. Sure. Um, and do it in a way that's respectful. And it kind of sounds weird, but if you can do it in as few words as possible, Sometimes that's better because when we get into mm-hmm. I need to explain mode, that makes sense. you know, it, it can kind of take away from the, the kind of setting of that boundary mm-hmm. and yes. it gets lost in all the other words. And so just making sure that you try to do it clearly, respectfully, and, you know, in as few words as possible while, you know, still being kind mm-hmm. about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So... Jenny has here that we'll share this in the show notes, but it's basically creating your own personal bill of rights. And I thought this was so important to keep in here because again, we have to have the inherent belief that we are worth these healthy boundaries. And so this, this is really powerful and we're going to invite you to go through this and choose the ones that resonate with you. But you know, as you know, number one is I have the right to ask for what I want. Number two, I have the right to say no to requests or demands I cannot meet or choose not to meet, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I have the right to express all of my feelings, positive or negative. I have the right to change my mind. I mean, these are things that sort of maybe triggered, well, duh. Yeah. But I know a lot of these, you know, there's a whole list of 25 of these. And I'll tell you, they're powerful and they're ones that you may not have necessarily embraced Yep. that you are worthy of. So we're going to really encourage you to go through um, to re- this. Yeah. To read through yeah. them and circle circle the ones that you feel resonate with your beliefs. Absolutely. And create your own personal, they call it a bill of rights, your own personal it. bill of rights of you know the things you have the right to ask for and have mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. Um, because this helps us all have some direction and understand our needs and ourselves better. Right. Um, and again, kind of, you know, be able to communicate how we want people to treat us. You know, you mentioned that a lot before and that's so important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I love it. If you guys have any questions or if we can shed any more light on this, if you guys want to, you know, ask about, okay, give us more examples or, you know, what about in this situation? We'd be, we'd love to hear your feedback and provide some, absolutely. Hopefully provide some wisdom on that and help you guys out. So yeah, hopefully this was clear and helpful and it's you know this is not something that should make you feel stressed it should actually make you feel excited if this is an area that you haven't really thought about before this is a chance to optimize how you feel throughout the day getting out of overwhelm over functioning for other people kind of taking some of your time and bandwidth back yes pretty neat yes and you'll probably find that you're like I like myself and how I am in the world yes. way better. I'm less tired. I complain less. I feel less anger. Yes. It's yeah, it's all good stuff. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Till next time. Until next time.